Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, personal development educator and NLP trainer here, and welcome to episode 151 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast intended to offer education, insights, tips, tools, and strategies to help us have the best quality life and relationships that we can. So welcome to today's episode. Uh, It's a continuation on, the theme is continuing from episode 150. So episode 151 is entitled Seeing Both Sides of Relationship Patterns, Part 2. Couples form or fall into relating dynamics, um, especially when we, uh, you know, we've got to know each other over a period of time. You know, we're starting to go more and more off autopilot. um, And when anxiety and pressure arises, then we can find ourselves falling into certain dynamics. And so we can be aware of those dynamics and that doesn't necessarily mean that we even have to, you know, we we can just start with observation. We we may or may not decide um, that they're not healthy. Um, They become more problematic when when they become really predictable and really fixed and we get really stuck. Um, In particular, if very distinctly, it takes the couple to create a a relationship pattern. You, You can't do that on your own. So that if both sides of the, you know, the couple are getting very fixed in certain positions, um, then this is where problems arise. Um, we, we all, from time to time, do things that um, support our relationship and other times things that don't necessarily. Um, uh, and of course, let me qualify that what I'm talking about there is... Um, relationships within the standard spectrum of what we, you know, reasonable, healthy functioning dynamics. We're not talking about character disordered or cluster B personalities, you know, extreme narcissistic personality disorder or psychopathic individuals or uh, relationships that involve um, abuse dynamics. That's, that's, that's not what we're talking about. Those are, that's a different kettle of fish, different game, different set of rules. Um, and, and I, you know, I don't mean to say game in any flippant sense by any means. Um, it's, it's, it's serious stuff. This advice pertains to, um, relationships we consider within a reasonable range of function, um, where a couple, um, genuinely has good intent for one another. But of course, sometimes we get in our own way or our history triggers us and, and that gets in the way of us being present and available um or you know the dynamics you know what we saw in our family systems um we saw some healthy things and maybe some elements that weren't were a little less than elegant so um when we go on autopilot and we bring old ways of relating from the family into our relationship then sometimes this can uh, be very challenging to the relationship um, staying healthy or, or healthy enough over an extended period of time. Um, so that in episode 150, the relationship pattern that we looked at 
um, and I'll say it again, it takes two people to, to do it, um, is the over-functioning, under-functioning kind of dynamic. And, you know, which, which if I'm doing that, which side am I taking up and how specifically am I contributing to the dynamic? Whereas in this episode, part two, we're looking more at um, conflict because, of course, healthy relationships are not conflict-free relationships. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're able, but it's, it's, it's more important where the focus is for the couple when um, having moments of uh, friction um, and, you know, endeavouring to, to talk about that. Um, so it's, you know, it's how we fight, what our, you know, how healthy is our fight form, not necessarily what we fight about and how good are we at reaching workable compromise. Um, so when we're thinking about these things um, relative to conflict, I guess there's there's plenty to say, but, but a few key principles that seem to consistently pop up over time in a lot of the different relationship books that I've looked at, and there's some exceptional ones. Uh, just off the top of the cuff, I would certainly recommend um, Extraordinary Relationships by Roberta Gilbert, um, Love, Honour and Negotiate by Betty Carter, and I think it's Joan Peters um, is another exceptional one, um, Passionate Marriage by Dr. David Snarch, um, Anything from John Gottman is great, and there's a mountain of others. So I, I'm a big fan um, of getting as much education um, around uh, relating as we possibly can. Why? Well, because, you know, modern relationships are, are under pressure and duress to survive like never before. So I think it's very, very important that we, the more we understand how we are either strengthening over time or weakening um, our relationship. Um, I, I may have a good intent, but my execution might not be working in my favour. Um, so when it comes to kind of conflict, some of the things that we need to check on our side is, am I, am I trying to be right or am I trying to preserve the relationship? You know, which is more important? Winning... The battle or winning the war and that's already an unfortunate probably metaphor for relationships but again you know am I am I just trying to score points in the moment or am I mindful of the continuum and the bigger picture of the relationship am I willing to compromise um, for the relationship um, so bigger picture you know what what's going to you know ideally I may have to you know, give a little away in this moment, but the relationship, the bigger picture is going to be served longer over time. You know, am I looking at moments of tension and friction and points of different perspective or disagreement as a chance to really get to know my partner more, or am I more interested in point scoring um, and and getting one up and getting my way? Um, because that that's probably a fairly short-term focus that's going to, you know, harm the long-term if that's the consistent position we take. The other element is really checking our emotional state. You know, am I emotionally reactive? Am I worked up? Am I angry? Am I 
fearful? Am I anxious? And is that driving my thinking and behaving right now? Because we are best served as calm, being in as calm a possible place and being as, as clear as we possibly can. And even to question myself, you know, does my reaction to our present situation seem valid or is this a bit disproportionate, a bit blown up? And then what is this actually about? Or am I responding to historical triggers here rather than staying in the moment, staying calm, staying clear and on point with my partner with an attention to reach our best possible agreed compromise? Um, And I sometimes think that the... I think it's the business negotiation um, shorthand BATNA, B-A-T-N-A, best alternative to no agreement, <laughs> is not always a bad, you know, it's it's not necessarily a, um, a, a bad way to, to be thinking about. And, um, you know, what's, what's our best workable compromise? Um, am I willing to not wait until I am highly emotionally reactive, but rather, you know, where we're reaching out towards each other and we're sharing what's on our mind, risking that it might potentially be a little uncomfortable for either me to talk about or for you to hear, but we're, we're having those conversations regularly while issues are small, while they're not snowballing, uh, rather than we're, we're sitting on things, we're sitting on things, we're making passive-aggressive little digs, um, and then suddenly, boom, we explode in, you know, um, high intensity emotional reactiveness. We lash out. We say something really harmful. We drag up historical elements, um, uh, and um, these things can can really land and really hurt. And in a state of emotional reactivity, lashing out, and in the moment, if I you know I'm wanting to barb and hurt my partner, that that I may say something that that we, we can't get back across, uh, you know, that it, it's, it's a bridge too far because it's something too hurtful or too wounding. So as best as we can, um, we're, we're getting to uh, potential uh, friction points whilst they're small. And that means we keep, we keep spending good, consistent, regular time together. We consistently open up ourselves up to mildly uncomfortable conversations we're continuing in general to make sure that, you know, the the distractions of life aren't subtly drawing us too far apart so that by the time we do have to, let's say, um, call to account something that isn't working, we're in a strong enough, bonded enough position to have that conversation. Um, so having these conversations long before we have to, I think serves very, very well. Things, even even whilst in peacetime, we're talking about how we're going to disagree. Um, you know, next time we don't see eye to eye, um, how, how we're going to approach that in a way that we both feel supported, we both feel heard, and we actually ideally come out feeling stronger and more bonded. Um, <coughs> uh, pardon me. And if we do happen to wind each other up um, <clears throat> and need a little bit of space or we become agitated with one another, well, what's our process for repair? Because, again, uh, one of these strong indicators of um, a couple's health is 
when they do have a um, challenging dispute, how quickly do they return to one another? You know, how long does it take us to repair? How long does it get back on track and start talking? Or do we get highly emotionally reactive, flare right up, and then we we never finish the conversation? We just give each other distance, or we punish each other with distance and silence, um, and then uh, come back together and act as if nothing's happened. Um, probably not going to help us long term. So this is why we have to, you know, it's not comfortable, but, but I think it's very helpful if, if we're pushing ourselves um, to continue to stay connected, to stay talking, even when things aren't flowing so great. Um, but that's probably our best way back to things flowing well. So bigger picture thinking, always thinking about long term, uh, the health of the relationship going forward being willing to compromise, being willing to hear our partner, not getting too distant when we're agitated or angry with our partner and vice versa. Um, and, and that doesn't mean we might not need to step away and think on things, but um, we're not using the step away as, as a way of, you know, punishing through silence and stonewalling <clears throat> our partner. Um, I guess... The other thing to probably say about um, this kind of um, element when we're talking about continuing to work on, you know, how are we dealing with the moments of difference and challenge, um, that there's nothing wrong necessarily with a process of reviewing from time to time. How, how are we going uh, in our joint approach towards the things that we um we find challenging in our relationship and and again also doing the best we can that when we do get into conflict when we do get provoked in anxiety and reactivity and anger that we don't have too narrow a perspective so that you know i can't see what i've done to create this but i'm but i've got you know 10 suggestions for you um that i you know i'm and I'm going to deliver them in a very critical way. But if you change, then this will all go away and be better. Um, because we, we can have a tendency um, in conflict to become very critical of one another, um, very blunt and, and, and non-caring in terms of the delivery of that criticism. Um, very much, you know, one-sided thinking, if you just sorted yourself out, we'd be absolutely fine. There'd be no problem. Um, or the inverse where we can't see our partner side, we can only see ours. If I wasn't such a, a screw up, well, this would never have happened. Um, so again, do we have a big enough scope? Can we see the relational dance? Um, and, and then um, is there a better way to approach this? Or if we are getting too heated, can we call time out? Um, and make an appointment to come back and see each other. Because probably that's the other thing, uh, ap apart from looking at the big picture and seeing how it takes two people to have a conflict. So how am I, And but like I said, predominantly, instead of being too overly fixated on what our partner is doing or what we perceive they're doing wrong, I'm looking to own my part because that's probably where the best traction is, that how do I change my contribution to this dynamic and then we'll see what, what sort of happens from there. So we're acting in a way, as I say, that supports the bigger picture. Um, we're 
working more and more to clarity of seeing that the the dance between ourselves and our partner, not just as I say the steps, the dance steps my partner is presently engaging in, or the dance steps that I'm engaging in, but how are we dancing? Um, making sure that we regularly keep the time for bonding um, activities really you know to to really keep present to one another as much as possible so that these things keep the relational bond strong and again what that means is we're more drawn back to each other um, this helps in the repair process in the moments where things get from time to time a bit rocky um, and it is just so important that we really get clear on when we're, we're emotionally reactive in various forms compared to be able to be I'm calmly responding, I'm calmly present in this moment um, and I'm doing my, my best to still keep calm. I'm not sucking up my partner's anxiety, I'm not sucking up our joint anxiety or the family's anxiety. I'm doing my best to, to stay you know, calm and as clear as I possibly can and that doesn't mean I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't feel strongly but I'm not driven by that. I'm not, I'm, I'm you know, I'm focused on our long-term agreed-upon relational goals and, and how do we navigate towards those, even though we're in metaphorically choppy waters for the moment? Um, so I hope that that um, gives you a few things. Like I said, you, this this in and of itself is a is a kind of a very extensive area. Um, and I guess, as I say, the probably two things I just want to briefly add before signing off here. One is we're picking our timing. You know, we're showing respect um, for our partner by not just rushing in and blurting something out, but, you know, especially if, if our partner's not in the right, not in a receptive state, you know, so we're asking permission of each other to go, there's something a bit challenging that I'd like to talk about. Are you free to do that now? Or when would be a good time for us to sit and talk? Um rather than, you know, they're relaxed on the couch watching television and we come in and as an absolute tirade and a storm. Um, we, we're just, we're starting on the back foot. So if we're mindful about timing, we're setting it up so that we're both as available as we possibly can because I think that's what's really needed to maximise success um, and that we get the best out of these exchanges. As I say, we've got some agreed upon rules of how specifically we're going to, um, you know, have healthy dispute in relationship if and when it arises, and we're both sticking to those parameters. We're taking time out. We're recognising if we're getting, we are getting too wound up, and it's getting counterproductive. So we we do have the chance to have time out and step away and and calm again. Um, but we're not leaving things dangling. We're, we're, we're making sure we're coming back and closing things off and getting to some degree of workable resolution um, uh, around those uh, sort of elements. So, um, you know, be mindful of, of timing. I think that's also a very, very key one. Um, and, yeah, I think for the moment that's, uh, that's the episode. We're coming up around the, the customary episode time, so I'll probably... Uh, leave it at that point there. Um, but as I, you know, I, I, I mentioned earlier in the episode, it's important to remember that just because we disagree 
doesn't mean that it's it's not a good relationship. Like I said, it's just more um, how we disagree, um, you know, and then how we repair afterwards that that makes large amounts of the di- large amounts of the difference. Um, so with that being said, uh, thank you. There you go. There's episode one fifty one, um, and we'll continue for a little while with this idea of seeing how couples dance rather than just individuals in relationship in this uh, series of looking at the relationship patterns. So I hope you'll join us on the next episode. And if you haven't heard episode 150, um, the first one of these, I'd certainly encourage you to check it out. Um, But as with the customary sign-off, if you've been following along for a long period of time or right the way through, thank you so much for supporting the show. Really appreciate it. And if you've just joined us, welcome. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and um, if you'd like to continue to support the program, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review as it makes it easier for others to find, and I'm passionate about sharing this kind of information. Um, And additionally, the show is available on Stitcher, Podbean, and other podcast mediums, as well as check us out at the website, emergencetraining.com.au. Um, but, uh, here's another tool and tip, um, and towards the health of relationships. So I, I really hope it supports you. And as always, I wish you every joy and success in your life and your relationships. So till we're with each other on another episode, bye for now.